0: hey everyone what's going on and welcome to the podcast 15 to life the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison i'm your host tito and let's jump into this so um yeah uh, i want to talk about strengths and weaknesses right so um all too often i think people gravitate towards what's comfortable, right? And like you can read a million books and listen to 20 podcasts and 58 videos that'll tell you that success is right outside of your comfort zone, right? 100% true. Like in so many different aspects of life, right? You get out of your comfort zone. Think about it. Let's talk about about the the dating arena, right? Think about a time, whether you're male or female, it really doesn't matter, but think about a time when maybe <clears throat> you saw someone, you were attracted to them, right? And you didn't take action, right? You, you did nothing. And then maybe you saw that individual start dating someone else. Maybe you just see him at a bar every once in a while or whatever, the library. It could be whatever, right? And then maybe you eventually get up the courage and you go say something. Or maybe you never say something to that individual. But later on in life... You see someone else and you're like, I don't want to go through that again. So I'm just going to go up and say something. Who cares what happens? And boom, a conversation ensues. The next thing you know, you're dating and who knows, maybe you're married with kids now, right? Something else you will hear over and over again, and I'll spew it out of my guts too. If you don't try, you can never succeed, right? But we like. Think and I'm here to tell you this whole thing with strengths and weaknesses, um, there's some truth to it, most definitely. There's freaking books all over the place about strengths and weaknesses and and finding out personality traits and and you know, using the psychology and, and everything to to depict a picture of a person based on an assessment that they take. But the reality is is the majority of people in this world are human freaking beings and when they take these assessments They take them with a biased mindset, and when I say that, um, they they take tests based on what they have learned. So I'll I'll say, kind of looking on a spectrum, right? If you're really, 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 really young, you know, you're probably gonna really answer. You know, a lot of what your family, what your parents, maybe what your friends are telling you, or maybe you're on a, a team and maybe it's what your coach is telling you, right? Um, if you were brought up in a Muslim household, you'll probably answer some things according to the Quran, right? Or if you're in a Christian household, you know, some things according to the Bible. It's it's, it's a natural thing, but it's unfortunate because the way you answer can... can can dictate how someone else may think of you right I've seen it in personal and professional life where people will take these assessments it might be in school right and next thing you know someone's trying to categorize you based on how you took that assessment without knowing and mind you I got certified as a Myers-Briggs um practitioner right uh I don't remember any of this stuff now, so please don't ask, but but one of the main things we learn is how many times people can take those assessments and come up with different responses because they're at different states in their life or they've learned different things. I'm happy to say, am I just my personal opinion and I'm talking about myself so I could be batshit crazy, right? But I'm happy to say that I, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm very open to everything like every freaking thing and when I when I get vehemently opposed to something I want to learn about it more because I want to know if maybe I'm the one that's off my rocker and not them Um, which I apologize to any of the Trump supporters that listen to my podcast I know a lot of these have been anti-Trump at the foundation at the core and it's because that's where my mind is right now and I I've asked people, like, will you talk to me, and can we talk it out, and bring your facts, and nobody wants to, but I really want to understand why people still support him with what I see in the news, I even went as far as to watch a bunch of Fox News to see their biased view, I do watch CNN, I listen to NPR, PBS, which is known to be the most middle of the line uh, news, right, and I, I feel the same way after all of that, so anyway, back to this strengths and weaknesses, right? So let's just say you work in a restaurant, right? So let's, let's talk some work strengths and weaknesses, right? We talked about this assessment stuff and you can take an assessment and because of the way you were brought up or because of the person you're with, or because of the religion you follow, you may answer not the way you should, and you know, before I go to this restaurant thing, let me talk about that. So what I mean by that is, uh, depending on your religion, you might not believe in abortion, right? And there may be some questions that kind of talk about those kind of freedoms, right? So you may say something, even though in your heart you're kind of like, well, I do agree that a woman should have the right for choice, right? I'm not advocating either way. What I'm, what I'm saying is you may answer in what you're taught to answer versus how you really feel. So they always say the shoes off approach when you do an assessment, any kind of assessment, like you have to be real. The other thing is, is a lot of people will answer how they think the person that's going to use the assessment wants to hear it. So for example, if you're in a corporate office and someone gives you an assessment, you might be trying to answer everything so that you rank high in team building and you, you're a, a Someone that everyone wants to work with. And that's totally not freaking you. Right? Which I hate because a lot of people do that shit. And then when you're in a team environment, you're the asshole that doesn't want to interact with people. You're the person that doesn't hold yourself accountable, but you want to hold everyone else accountable. You know what I mean? So... Uh, I'm I'm very big on the way the strengths and weaknesses and then how it all ties into the leadership roles because someone in a leadership role might be having you take this assessment so that they can kind of try and manipulate you and put you in the right box when in reality all they're doing is hindering you because now they got you freaking scared and trying to do something or answer questions so that you will have some favor with that individual later right anyway but I'll give you a perfect case in point. I took the Myers-Briggs assessment when I first got out of prison. And all my letters were the same except for the first one. So I took it two times. I took it right when I got out of prison and probably about four years later, three or four years later, uh, three years, because I think I was still on parole. Anyway, so I was an introvert. So I take this about two and a half, three years later. And all my letters stayed the same except that first one, changed to an extrovert, to an E. And when I got certified as a practitioner, um, we took the test again, right? And then people, one of the things that they asked everyone was, have you ever taken the test? And "And did you have different results? And so I said, okay, this is the third time I've taken the test, everything has been the same except the first letter. Two out of three times, I'm an extrovert. But the first time I took it was an introvert. And they said, based on what you've learned, do you have an answer for why you tested that way? Now, mind you, I'm an ex-convict. Uh, at the time, I believe I was still on parole or I might have just gotten off parole. But need, needless to say, like it's pretty much all professionals in the room, right? And we're over on the Google campus and everything in, in uh, Mountain View. <clears throat> and I'm like, well... You know, uh, I have to be honest, Uh, I had taken this assessment right when I got out of prison after long-term incarceration, so now I have everyone's attention, right, because they're like, who's this dude that's dressed up and everything, and he's an ex-convict, but anyway, so they were like, well, so you have an answer of why you were an introvert that time and an extrovert the other two times, and I go, yeah, you know, I had to think about it, and after talking about this whole shoes-off approach and really letting go of everything that you that you think other people want you to say or you've been taught like really going with your heart so answering with your heart like when you see something what's the first thing that jumps out, and and that's the answer that's the right answer right and so what I said was basically in prison as much as I'm an extrovert at heart which I know now means I've I get energy off other people, right? I a lot of people think extroverts are the people that go out and they, they'll spark up conversations with anyone. Not freaking true. Extroverts, as a matter of fact, are probably a lot more introverted in that sense. Um, we don't all want to talk to, like, I do not like talking to strangers. But if you tell me to talk on a topic to 500 people, I have no problem doing that. And people think that's because I'm an extrovert. No, I just don't mind public speaking, but I feed off the energy of others. So if I start talking and people pay attention to me, I feed off that. It fuels me. It makes me want to talk more. Kind of like these podcasts. (laughs) But anyway, the point of the matter is, is in prison, as much as I fed off the energy of other people, which 100% made me an extrovert, my mind was wrapped around, I have to internalize things and I don't want to share things because the more people know about you, the more they're a threat. Right. So those questions that popped up in the assessment, I was answering from a survival mindset. I was answering from a a point of keeping everything close to my chest. And it made me think that my power came from being by myself and being secluded, which is not true. Not with me. I can do a lot of stuff on my own by myself and everything, but when I I kind of sharpen a blade, I then need to go and show it to people and let people tell me if it's really sharp enough and and how, how should I curate it more, right? That's what makes me an extrovert, and, and I'm perfectly good with that. Matter of fact, I love it, um, and I think that's why I thrive in a team environment. Because I need to be around people. And even if I don't like people, it'll make me want to work with them twice as much (laughs) because I want to figure out why why I don't like them or they don't like me, right? Anyway, so back to this restaurant analogy, right? So someone figures out and says, you know, you're really strong at, you know, being the sous chef, prepping the food and all this stuff, right? And it might not be that you're strong at it, but you really enjoy doing it, right? And therefore, it looks like you're better at it, right? You feel better when doing it because it brings you joy. And you're probably pretty efficient at it because you like what you're doing, right? You work better with others because you like what you're doing. So someone says, that's that person's strength, right? Their strength is in being a sous chef. But if they never try you out as a bartender, they never try you out as the actual chef, they never try you out as anything else. How will they ever know? How will you ever know? You know, and once again, comfort zone versus being out of your comfort zone, right? Not to mention, maybe you could manage the damn restaurant. How will people ever know? In my 11 plus years of being out of prison and working my way up the nonprofit corporate ladder, and being able to supervise small groups, small teams, to large groups, to, you know, whole departments. I've found so much power in letting people learn, training, letting them learn, um, doing the Hansel and griddle, right? Um, and when I say that, I mean, you get to a point where it's like... I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around because I have like some emotions and and some some experiences bouncing around my head. But I don't think of myself as smart. I don't think of myself as better than anyone. And a lot of times when I see people going through things that I went through four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, and it's that learning curve, It I, I feel good because I feel like I can help them. And then I realize, man, it took me years to get that. So I can't help them just by telling them today I have to lead them down that trail, hence the Hansel and Gretel, right? I put the breadcrumbs, and when they get off course, I remind them, hey, follow the breadcrumbs. So I, I do that, but <clears throat> I'll tell you with the team I have right now, one of the first things I did with them was ask them, what, what, what's, what, what are you most comfortable doing? What? what do you consider your strong suit? Oh, I really like, uh, you know, production. I'm really good with production. Okay, cool. Don't go in the production area. What? But that's, you asked me where I was strong. Don't you want me where I'm strong? Well, I know you're going to see that. You don't you don't have to spend a lot of time in that production area to see what's working, what isn't working, and coach and train and help those people develop into the people that you need them to be. But if you're not as comfortable with the back office work, if you're not as comfortable with coaching and training on sales floor and things like that, that's where I want you to spend your time. Here's the other piece. That's going to probably take you longer because you're not as comfortable there. But. When you work out of your comfort zone first, it allows you to fall back on your comfort zone at the end and you round out your day feeling great because you finish out on top. And when you conquer some things that are outside of your comfort zone, you even feel better. And mind you, I just started working with this team. I've only been with this team since the beginning of March and COVID pretty much screwed up all of our time. We're just now at a point where things are kind of semi sort of a little bit normal. So I'm able to spend time with them and I'm loving it, but yeah, I tell them to kind of stray away from their strengths. Not, uh, I don't, <clears throat> I don't believe in like thinking you're going to fix people's weaknesses and they're just going to be an overall strong person. I don't believe that. So <clears throat> if you're listening to this and thinking that, you know, I think you can make everyone into a strong, everything I don't, um, it's kind of like uh, I used to say I was a, an awesome person because I could multitask better than anyone else. I'll juggle 28 balls and not drop one and I'll get everything done. And then when I got in training and development in my career, <clears throat> I'll never forget, uh, I went to train the trainer on doing time management classes. And one of the parts was there's no such thing as multitasking. It's a farce, Right. Because you can only give 100% of your attention to one thing at a time. So if you're juggling five balls at once, each one of those balls is only going to get 20% of your attention if you're dividing it up equally. Worse off, one might get 50% and then the other ones aren't really getting anything. And that's what your end product's going to look like. And I was like, damn, if that isn't the simplest math slash science, right? And so I tell people, it's one thing to be able to deal with multiple things, like handle multiple issues. Yes, the higher up you get in leadership. Yes, you need to be able to have those traits. But to say you can do five projects at once and they're all going to come out great, probably not true, unless they're small projects and you don't need to dedicate all of your time. But if they're all 40 hour a week projects, you are not going to do them all, right? So in that, and in time management, we also learn and project management is eat your veggies first, right? So if the vegetables on your plate are the things you never want to eat, eat those first, i.e. those tasks, those milestones that you need to reach that are out of your comfort zone. Do those first. Get those out the way and then the rest of your day is easy. So it's always eat your veggies first thing in the morning and then start knocking out that other stuff, right? So when we're talking strengths and weaknesses, I'm here to tell you, don't be mad that you have weaknesses. Everybody does everybody does and even the people that appear to be great and have strengths like everywhere they freaking go they don't they're weak somewhere you might not see their home life might be shot to shit because they don't know how to interact with their family they're just good at work stuff right you don't know you know and people put value in stuff that they aren't good at which I never understood like if you're a great father or mother take pride in that that's awesome and if you're pretty good at your job, that's awesome, too. It's like, you're not going to be great at everything. And some people are, are just really good at a lot of things. That's okay, too. Like, you're not a piece of shit because you're not your neighbor or your father or your mother or your ex or whatever. You're not. You are an awesome person. I have plenty of weaknesses. And, yes, plenty of times I have go take a bath in my freaking comfort zone because it makes me feel good right but I'm constantly trying to learn Um, I'm always open to hear new things and and I think that is a strength that makes you diminish your weaknesses because you're open to things I've said it before Frank, Frank Zappa said it you know the mind is like a parachute it only works if it's open so be open but be mindful when you're doing assessments or any of that, whether you're the leader doing them or you're the the subordinate that's taking them, make sure that if someone tries to, you know, throw you in a category or in a compartment, that you speak up for yourself and say, hey, I know I might not be the best at team building. I might not be the best at, you know, um, getting along with everyone, but my strengths add so much value. And here's why, you know, and if your assessment comes out like off the freaking board where you're just like none of this stuff makes any sense, I beg of you, I implore you, retake the assessment, but give yourself ample time, no freaking cell phone, turn off your emails and all that crap, all notifications off, no family or any, no TV, no nothing, sit there if it says it takes 45 minutes chalk out an hour get in a closet or an office and shut the door whatever you need to do and take the assessment and be real because as long as you're real you're going to see stuff that makes sense and some stuff that might not sound right but when you read the deep down details the definitions you'll go man that is kind of me like I do do that so strengths and weaknesses once again they're good both of them both of them if you were great at everything hell you should i don't know be an astronaut <laughs> but but the point of the matter is is strengths and weaknesses are what make teams great people that are hard-headed makes teams great people that don't check in and drop the ball sometimes make teams great because it's what the team does not what the individual does. Okay. And if you're a leader and yes, I consider myself a leader. I think I'm pretty damn good at it because I'm always focused on others, not me. I know this sounds like I'm focused on me, but I'm really not. I love seeing people succeed. I freaking get high off that shit. So if you're a leader, remember this. Remember this. I don't care what you do in life. I don't care if you're in law enforcement. I don't care if you're in the military. I don't care if you're in the for-profit corporate world, the non-profit corporate world. I don't care if you're in a mom and pop liquor store. Be the freaking leader. Be the champion for whoever the hell you think you lead or the people you want to lead. That includes your family if you're a mother or father. Be the freaking champion and understand that a weakness can be a strength later and a strength can be a weakness later. They're all yin and yang and you need them. You just need balance. Anyway, I rambled on enough. This is Tito, 15 to life. My little two bids on taking bad situations and good situations and making them better, 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 better. And being a better person. So, love y'all. God bless y'all. The world's still a crazy place. It's uh, the end of June. We're about to hit July. It's Independence Day coming. Hope y'all are safe. No one's catching coronavirus. People are getting caught up in need of this other BS. Um be good human beings. One race, one love, one country. Love y'all.